Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. I hope everybody had a really good weekend. We got a little bit of rain in our area, and I am really, really excited because a cold front is coming through, and the high tomorrow is only going to be 78 degrees. Yes, in August, in Texas, the high is only going to be 78. Now, (laughs) bad news after that. The rest of the week is back to, you know, the 90 and 100 degrees that we've been enduring for the past couple months. So, although I'm grateful for the rain, we've had, um, my area, we've had um, some good rain all really all summer, um, you know, poor, like where my mom lives, El Paso, they've had, I think they're up to like 50 straight days of 100 degree weather, and they haven't had any rain. So pray for them and pray for rain over down there. Even a little bit of drops, because that's miserable. So, um, not not a lot to talk about this week. Um, again, you know, the realignment stuff rears its head. We're, we're going to clean up some of some of uh, what's been going on this week as it pertains to realignment. Um, we're going to talk about Texas Tech because we did have a preseason ranking get dropped, and uh, Tech is in it. So, woo! And Quick reminder, and I will remind you at the end of this program as well, next weekend is the big annual college football prediction show, courtesy of the Chris Carpenter Show. We are going to go through Texas Tech's schedule game by game. I will give you my official prediction for how Tech will finish the season. We're going to talk Big 12. We're going to predict who's winning the Big 12, who's going to play each other in the Big 12 championship game. We are going to talk about some of the other conferences, and I will kind of give you my vision of who are going to be the four teams in the playoffs and any other big major predictions as it pertains to the college football season. Because we are now less than two weeks now, two weeks from yesterday, there will be college football games being played. Um, headlined by Navy Notre Dame. Now, the one I'm kind of more interested in is UTEP and Jacksonville State. They will be playing um, in, in two weeks. So, but yeah, we are we are very close to the beginnings of the college football season. Preseason football's been going on uh, the past couple weeks. Cowboys lost. The Chiefs won. I mean, doesn't really matter. It's I mean nobody's nobody's playing. I think Patrick Mahomes played. Maybe one series, and then I don't think Dak played any part of the game yesterday. But, you know, if those of you that are really into NFL, preseason football's back. Um, we will have we will have an NFL football prediction show coming up at some point as well. Um, it'll, well, it'll, it'll be that Labor Day weekend because that next weekend is when football starts. But anyway, that's what's coming up. So let's jump right into kind of the news of this week. And again, realignment rearing its head pretty much all week. Um, uh, The bulk of the news this week had to do with what's going to happen to the four, to the pack four teams, Um, Oregon state, Washington state, Cal and Stanford. Um, There was a lot of wind in the wire and push this week that supposedly Cal and Stanford tried to get in the ACC. I'm not even sure if there were teams specifically that wanted them to come to the ACC. 
Um, there are clearly two teams that don't, and we'll talk about them in a minute. But that was a, a lot of the news story this week dealt with really more the path for Cal and Stanford. Um, there was rumors that the ACC was taking a look at them. Ultimately, it, the ACC voted no. I mean, they, they didn't. They did not have the votes necessary to add Cal and Stanford. There was even um, scenarios, I think it was Wednesday of this week, where there was discussion that, you know, they may even like pull pull in SMU to the ACC. SMU is like, they are as desperate as all get out to get themselves into a power conference. Um, you know, they were willing to, I think, go to the Pac-12. They are really pushing this going to the ACC. In fact, they even, th- supposedly the offer was, they were willing to forego TV money for the next five years from the ACC just so they could get into the ACC. Um, so that that's kind of interesting. You know, here's the thing I think people don't understand, because I even saw a columnist, this, I think it was Tim Callishaw at the Dallas Morning News, um, he basically said this week, well, the Big 12 should go to 18 teams and they should add SMU and San Diego State. And part of his justification was that adding those two teams, you get the Dallas market, quote unquote, and then you get you get the San Diego market, quote unquote. Well, let's dissect his argument. First of all, if you're the Big 12, you already have the Dallas market. And no, I'm not talking about because you have TCU, because TCU doesn't even own the Dallas or the Fort Worth market. You've got Texas Tech. Texas Tech has a huge chunk of the Metroplex market. Um, you know, you've got the other big tw- uh, uh, Oklahoma State. You've got a huge chunk of Oklahoma State alumni that live in the Metroplex. And yeah, you got TCU as well, Baylor. Um, you know, you are losing a huge chunk of the market by losing UT, and then you lost losing A and M. But I mean, you have a pretty huge chunk of the Metroplex market. I mean, if you've ever seen when Texas Tech goes down to the Dallas area and plays, there's a significant chunk of Tech fans that show up. You know, go back to 2018. I think it was 2018. Yeah, it was. It was 2018 when Tech basketball played at the American Airlines Center in the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. It was a home game for Tech. I mean, the crowd was insane for Tech. So you already, you already as best as possible, own the Dallas Metroplex market. SMU doesn't make it any better for you. So there, there's no need to add them. San Diego State is not going to bring you the San Diego market or the California market. Um <laughs> Just because it's located in San Diego doesn't mean that that vast population that lives in San Diego is flocking to San Diego State Aztec games. It's just just not true. And so um, those are those are no non-starters for the Big Twelve. And going back to the ACC, Cal, Stanford, and SMU, I think ultimately are non-starters for the ACC. You know, again, understand. It's not the conference commissioners per se that are dictating all of this realignment stuff. It's the TV networks, ESPN and Fox and CBS and NBC with the Big Ten, with the Big Ten. um, They're the ones that tell these conference commissioners, hey, we want Oregon. We want Washington. We want those four corner schools. 
again, that's why teams like Oregon State and Washington State and Stanford and Cal get left out um, because they don't produce enough eyeballs for TVs. Um, you know, when this realignment stuff started a couple years ago, you know, a lot of people were freaking out because Tech wasn't very good in football at the time. And they're like, well, Tech's going to get left out because of the football. No. You can – Rutgers and Vanderbilt – well, really, Rutgers is the perfect example because they got invited back in 20 – what was it, 2013 or 14. They're the perfect poster child for success on the field doesn't matter. It's all about the eyeballs on the TV. And the Big Ten's I- intention when they added Rutgers was they wanted an entryway into the New York City market. Now, has that worked? That's a whole other debate. But, I mean, that's, a, that's the reason UCLA is going to the Big Ten. UCLA has, I mean, they've had, I mean, they had a decent season last year in football, but they're not world beaters when it comes to football. Um, but they bring you that precious Los Angeles market. Plus they give you a travel partner for USC, which was the ultimate prize that the big 10 wanted. So I think at this point, ACC expansion, as far as Stanford Cal is dead, the two schools that were vote that we know for a fact voted a no for this expansion were Florida State and Clemson. Hmm. I wonder what they might have in common. It's kind of like when in 2021, the two schools that we definitely know, definitely know voted no on Pac-12 expansion were USC and UCLA. Hmm. I ponder, I ponder, I ponder, I ponder. So anyway, ACC, you're in trouble. And again, and, I, and, I, and I, I'm very confident in the fact that Brett Yormark's doing this. There's going to be a plan in place when the ACC is ripe for the poaching to bring in the ACC programs you want. Now, when will that happen? That's a good question. They're locked into this TV contract till till 2036 and there has to be a desire by well specifically it's ESPN because I think the two our two teams that we just talked about that voted no are very desired by the SEC and I think they would be poached by the SEC quickly and so ESPN would have to push, and ESPN also owns the rights to the ACC teams, and so that would be where you would have the opening for the poaching to take place. Once that takes place, then it will be interesting to see does the pig the does the Big Ten take some ACC teams? I think they I think they would at that point. So I don't know the timeline when all that will go down. Um, I think it will be before twenty thirty six. Um, but that's that's going to be kind of the next front when it comes to realignment. So I think we're done for now, realignment-wise, um, beyond where are these four, four remaining Pac-4 schools going. Um, by the way, Notre Dame, they, they did the Notre Dame thing this week. 
And that's why – and it's the it's the one of the reasons why there's a lot of sports hate towards Notre Dame, including me. I've never been able – I've never stood – I've never liked Notre Dame. I remember, you know, growing up in El Paso, there is a massive Notre Dame fan base in El Paso, that, um, I guess because of the Catholic population, but there's a mass – bottom line – a lot of Notre Dame fans in El Paso. I've never gotten it. I don't get it. I went and saw them in the Sun Bowl so I could root against them, and I even rooted for the University of Miami against them in 2010 in the ice and snow in the Sun Bowl. But they completely, again, they presented perfect reason why they're not well-liked. Um, supposedly... They were one of the loudest voices in the room to bring in uh, to bring in Cal and Stanford. And, and the exact t- words, apparently, that were used by them were, well, we can't allow these two great institutions to not be in a conference. This coming from the entity that famously is not in a conference in football. I mean, they're independent, and they've made it very clear, come hell or high water, they're going to be independent. Um, It's going to take them being told, you will be shut out of the playoffs if you don't join a conference, for them to ever join a conference. And so it's hilarious to me. It's hubris on the part of Notre Dame that they think that they can do this, and and teams are just – and. Conferences are just going to line up behind them and say, oh, yes, sir, Notre Dame, we'll listen to you. <laughs> so that I kind of found that funny this week. Again, I I, I don't see the AC, ACC expanding at this point. So now let's talk where these Pac-4 teams might go. Um, there was a report this week that I think it was Washington State was kind of the leader leader in this um they were trying to um get with teams from the AAC teams from the Mountain West and they were going to basically form a new West West Coast conference new pack a new pack 12 um that they were going to take the best teams from each of these conferences and form this new league that fell apart uh, it's it's going to be very difficult to get Mountain West teams to leave um, because there's a very – I mean, I think it's like $40 million that you would have to pay if you're a Mountain West Conference, San Diego State. Um, you tried to do that to leave, um, and I just don't think there's an, ap- there's an appetite to do that. And I think the fact that the media deal at this point is just Apple TV for the remaining PAC schools – I don't see any AAC school or any Mountain West school signing up for that. Both of them have better television deals right now than what they would get by going to a, a newly formed pack, whatever you would call it. Um, and you're not you're losing the automatic bid if you're the pack for what pack you know whatever that league's going to be if it if it stays in existence. So I I think there's more of a likelihood of the teams going to a Mountain West or the AAC than teams going in and joining these Pac-4 teams. Now, 
I did hear a rumor, and again, it's just a rumor on Twitter or X, um, concerning that there was a discussion that the Big 12 would be willing to take a Washington State, Oregon State, and then they would get the rights basically not only to the Pac-12 history, but also to the Pac-12 network, and then they could rebrand it Big 12 network. I don't see any upside for the Big 12. Like I've said before in, um, in multiple past podcasts, who has the Pac-12 network? Uh, not, there is nobody I know that has it. Uh, I don't even know of any cable companies that carry it beyond you would have to be – it's not even like the tier two of cable deals, but like you have to be in like tier three or tier, tier four to have access to it. So I don't, I don't see a benefit for the Big 12 – to take over and form a Big 12 network. You have a Big 12 network right now, and that's the um, Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus that is a very easily accessible to fans that are in the Big 12 footprint. So th- th- this idea of you're, you're, you're going to get a – you're going to take over the Pac-12 network, I just – I don't see that happening. Um, so then the question remains, where do these teams go? <coughs> I think – it's a no-brainer for Oregon State, Washington State to go to the Mountain West. I think that's a good regional fit for them, and I think that's going to be the big concern because you're going to be losing a lot of money, and so travel expenses are going to become an issue for those two universities. You slide into the Mountain West where you're going to be with teams like Utah State, New Mexico, um, Fresno State, Nevada. I mean, you're you're going to be in a good regional situation there. I think it's a better it's a better situation than what you would have by going to the AAC. Now, Cal and Stanford, I I don't think they bring value to the Mountain West, um, and I don't think there's going to be a desire on their part to go to the Mountain West. So, would they go to the AAC? Um, maybe. Maybe the AAC takes a look at, well, we can expand our footprint a little bit and go into California. And then at that point, the AAC is now a coast-to-coast conference because, you know, you've got Florida Atlantic and Charlotte on one end of the coast, East Carolina. And then on the other end, you you would then end up having Cal and Stanford. Um, yeah, it's it's goofy. But, I mean, there's, I mean, there's goofiness. I mean, yeah. I don't think I'll ever get used to USC and UCLA being in the Big Ten. Um, so it's it's just goofiness regionally, but that could make sense. I still think it would make sense possibly maybe for Stanford to go independent and Cal just to drop Division One sports completely. I don't think they really care about sports, um, quite frankly. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to be best for them. Um, now here's, here's some questions I do have at this point. Um, so the AAC, I believe the AAC has 12 teams right now. Mountain West has 12 teams. Would both of these programs expand to get to an even 16? And that's kind of where it gets interesting. Um, and as a UTEP fan, and I am a UTEP fan, I'm a tech fan first, but I follow UTEP. Um, if they take Oregon State, Washington State, the Mountain West, 
then would they want to go for an even 16 and maybe bring in a UTEP and a New Mexico State? That'd be cool. I don't know if that would happen, though. You know, we'll see what happens. Um, but I think, again, you're, you're going to be down to four conferences getting an automatic bid at this point if they stick with the automatic bid system. Um, Big 12, ACC, Big 10, SEC. And then you're kind of at that point in a holding pattern with the ACC and, and ultimately what will happen with them. I, I, I don't see a way for the ACC to hang on to Florida State Clemson. I, I just don't see how that will work for them. And at, at some point, they're going to lose those brands to the SEC, and then it will be a free-for-all for the ACC I think I, I truly believe Brett Yormark has a plan in place on what teams he specifically wants to pluck from the ACC. And then I'm sure the Big Ten probably has, has a plan in place as well. We'll see what happens. I hope that doesn't happen for a while because I think if you go down to just a power three, the Big 12 is the odd man out and they're very easily – the Big Ten and the SEC could basically get together and say, okay, let's just have a playoff with just between us. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen, but that could ver- very uh, easily happen. So, um, yeah, it's – I understand it's frustrating for a lot of fans. It, you know, um, I am going to truly miss playing some of these schools, Oklahoma. I mean, I miss playing A&M. You know, I will even miss playing UT. I still think it's probably one of the best things that's happened to Texas Tech because I think it's finally forcing Texas Tech to have the attitude of, well, we don't have to just be the tag-along little brother to A&M and Texas anymore. We can be in a conference to stand on our own and be the big dog. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is, so. Let's talk football real quick, and we'll finish up with this. Um, so one of the preseason rankings came out, and Texas Tech checks in at number 24. I have seen lots, all sorts of thoughts about where Texas Tech could possibly finish. I've seen all the way up to 10-2, 9-3, 8-4, 7-5, and, two, nine and, three, um, eight and four. It. It's, 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 I'm, I don't know how to, I don't know what to think right now. And I'm, and, and to be perfectly honest with you, I'm still formulating in my own mind, where am I going to rank Texas Tech? And how, what kind of season am I going to predict Texas Tech to have um, when we do our prediction show? Now, I will get this out of the way. Tech's going to go to a bowl game. That, that part of the conversation, I think, I think it's, a given I just I don't see a scenario where they don't go to a bowl game but it's it's hard after enduring the decade of tech football that we've endured this last decade for me to like stand up and sit there and say oh yeah it tech will easily go 10 and 2 I just I'm not there I don't think yet um and I'm I'm like oh are we overhyping tech? Are all these publications overhyping tech? I don't think they are um, because I do think – I think Joey McGuire 
is going about it the right way, and I think I think he's embracing them being f- favorites. And they're I mean it's they're talking championships at Tech and going for the championship this year, and I love it. I love that that's the attitude that's being promoted by that coaching staff because I think for many years, and maybe this is why I'm having this cautiousness, is we as fans have have kind of been trained to kind of have this acceptance of, well, there's never, I mean, there's no way Tech would ever win a Big 12 championship or go to the playoff or any of this. Um, so I love the fact that that Texas Tech is embracing that. And, you know, we'll see what happens. And, again, you'll have to tune in next week to see what I think will happen. But, yeah, I I think on paper, I think it's very fair ranking to be, you know, kind of that number 24 and to be be preseason ranked. I think you you finished extremely strong last year with the, you know, the win over Ole Miss in the bowl game and then certainly, you know, beating uh, Oklahoma. Um, And last year being the first time ever in your history that you beat not only Oklahoma – and Texas in the same year, I mean, yeah, I think it's a very fair, uh, fair ranking. So, it, I mean, it, it it's going to be interesting to see how this football team handles having positive expectations because you haven't had that. You know, even last year, I think everyone was excited for Joey McGuire's year to um, his reign to start, but I don't. I don't know what every I don't think anybody had any 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 expectations for how the season would have gone. I you know, I go back to what my prediction last year was like, well, I think they can, I think they could get to 6 and 6 and go to a bowl game. Um, but I wouldn't like that. I mean, it wasn't, and it wasn't against Joey McGuire cuz I think he did everything right, but you know, there was a talent dearth missing from the team and I think there still is. I think it's getting better. Um, but you know, there, I didn't know what to expect. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at. And we did get an announcement. Not only is the Oregon game, um, sold out, but university of Houston is now a sellout and that's huge for tech because pretty much since I've lived in this area around the Texas tech community, um, you know, the attitude has always been, well, you have to, you know, everyone, you know, when Texas and Oklahoma comes to Lubbock and then way back when A&M was around, when they come to Lubbock, that's when you have your sellout crowds. And now you're in a world where you're not going to be playing those teams regularly. Really, you may not play those teams again for 20 to 30 years. I, I, you know, despite what all the conversation, I don't. I don't see the University of Texas appearing on a Texas Tech football schedule anytime soon. And A&M, they hadn't been on the schedule since they left. And I, Oklahoma, maybe, but I, I don't really have a desire to play them because they, I mean, the history hadn't been too kind. Um, so you're, you're going to have to be, you're in a world now where those teams aren't going to be coming to Lubbock. Um, and so now you're, you're having to build new rivalries and so certainly i think the houston rivalries are going to be a good one you're bringing in a really strong non-conference opponent this year in oregon um i fully expect uh 
Kansas State and TCU. I think TCU will definitely be a sellout, even though it's a Thursday night game. Um, Kansas State should be a sellout. If you're a, if you're a, tr- well, I don't know, I don't know how to say this without coming across condescending. Um, if you're fanatical, if you're a fanatic for tech football for college football. Kansas State should be the sellout. They're the defending Big 12 champions. They're, depending on which publication you look at, they're being predicted to finish in the top two again, and they're coming to your house. That should be a slam dunk sellout. So I think that will get that one will get very close as well. Um, and then I think the uh, so you've got. Okay, so you, uh, Tarleton, I don't think that will be a sellout. Um, you know, I just don't think people will go. I would go out to that one because usually the prices for those types of games are pretty cheap. Um, so you got Oregon, Tarleton, Houston, Kansas State, TCU. Um, UCF is your other is your other home game. That one will depend, I think, on how you're doing and how they're doing. I think that could potentially be a sellout because I do think – um, you have the potential to be in a, in a really good position once you, when you play that game in November. Plus, I do think UCF um, is probably going to be of the newcomers. They're going to have the best season in the Big Twelve. Now, what what that will look like is that finishing in the top five, or it's going to be six, seven, and eight. I, we'll talk about that next week. But you know, I think certainly you could be in a position where that could be a sellout. If you're rocking and rolling at home, and then you're also winning games on the road, you yeah. I mean, I think you could sell out all of your games. You sold out your season ticket allotment already, so now it's just a matter of can you sell out the rest of the Jones, which you are under reduced. You are in a reduced capacity this year anyway because of the South End Zone um, renovation project. So that will be something to kind of keep watch over and see what ends up happening there. So anyway, um, that does it for this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter show. I hope everybody has a good rest of the week. Um, again, tune in, be put it in your dials, make sure you're subscribing no matter what podcast platform you use, but make sure you are ready for next weekend's, because we are going to have a great episode coming up and we're going to talk college football. I you're going to get me on record where I'm going to say here's how I think college football is going to go this season specifically for Texas Tech and it'll be fun. I lo- I love prediction shows. I love talking through it and seeing if I'm right, I wasn't right last year. I think I, I had, well, not, I think I remember I predicted tech was going to finish six and six. They ended up finishing seven and five. I did not have them beating Texas and Oklahoma last year. So, um, and then I was really down on TCU. I think I had them finishing near the bottom of the standing. So I kind of blew that one. So anyway, I hope everybody has a good rest of the week and make sure you're tuning in next week for the Chris Carpenter show. <laughs>